Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for June 26th in the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our one of two, and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law that I am, the Constitution for the United States of America. That is our guide. The checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers and one of the peaceful solutions we have at our fingertips. And best of all, ladies and gentlemen, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration. We are live six days a week. On the Sabbath, we rest. Uh, A quick thought on yesterday's broadcast We had our guest on, Mr. Chris Carlson, a discussion of all things liberty on that broadcast. And we talked about a five-quiz constitutional answer key. Larry Mulcock wrote it. Sam disagrees with several pieces of the article, clarifies key points. But we talked about who is in charge of this country. It's we the people. We talked about the legislative body closest to the people representing us. You know, a lot of people want term limits. We have term limits. Every two years, we can jettison these people and kick them out of office, right? We need to understand that all rights and powers are inherently vested, inalienable in the people. Now, understand that you have individual God-given rights. That's true. But when you give government power, in other words, by the, they say government derives its powers from the consent of the governed, that's based on a we the people consent, not individually speaking. All right? Legislative bodies should be the police of the Constitution, so should we the people, though. But legislators have a constitutional and patriotic duty to use interposition, putting themselves between the national or the general government and the people to fight off the dragon who would swallow up all the land. we got to keep the creature, the beast, inside its cage. All right? We need to talk about that in detail, and we've got just the man to do it. Welcome back, Sheriff Mack. Thank you very much, Sam. It's great to be with you this beautiful Saturday morning. It is a beautiful Saturday morning. So I want to talk a little bit more about the important principle of interposition. Uh, And this word is a very unique word that a lot of people may not understand that I want to dig into today. Because if anybody has spoke out in defense of, in favor of, Uh, in advocacy of training and education and the importance of the interposition word. It really is the role that most government officials should be playing in America today. Uh, The general government leaders should be, I should say servants probably, should be protecting us from the states. The state leaders should be protecting us from the federal government, the county from the state, the county from the feds, and so on and so on. The checks and balances are really the key here. Uh, to this interposition doctrine and idea. And we need uh, those who are elected and those who are appointed to start understanding this principle because they have a job vertically and horizontally to interpose whenever checks and balances are violated. Sheriff, this has been a core doctrine 
of the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association, a core understanding brought forth in the legacy of the Founding Fathers that really has been the hallmark of what uh, the CSPOA is all about, sir. Well, that's exactly correct, Sam. And it's, it's, a, it's a biblical term. Uh, it's also a government term. It's uh, both secular and religious. And it's, it's a word that everybody should know. Um, it, it's not a very common word. It's certainly not used in government uh, uh, at all. But it is, it is uh, very constitutional, and it definitely brings out the responsibilities, as you alluded to, <coughs> that government, uh, counties, and cities should be defending the citizens against the state. The state should be defending citizens and their uh, the sovereigns of their state against uh, federal incursions. And uh, in, indeed, uh, my Supreme Court case bears that out numerous times. Ladies and gentlemen, to understand a definition of interposition, it's the act of, quote, interposing. All right, the action of a state where its sovereignty is placed between its citizenry and the federal government. All right, this is important to understand, okay? This principle is why we speak of the sheriff as having the highest office in the land in his county. Now, listen very closely, ladies and gentlemen. This is education. Uh, it's, uh, what do you want to call it? Uh, collegiate education, upper level. It's for advanced constitutionalists and Americans to understand. Why do I say it's so complex? Because what we're saying is very simple, but it gets misconstrued so often by all kinds of people everywhere, in the media especially, and government officials especially. But this interposing idea simply says this. The sheriff is elected. Anybody elected is more important than anybody appointed. In government. Why? Because we have greater control over them as we, the people. Appointed people listen to who appointed them. Got it? Elected people listen to who elected them. And if they don't, they get turned out on their ear. Polite, but necessary, right? Not violent, but insistent based on the supreme law. So elected is always better than appointed, ladies and gentlemen, from a we, the people point of view, because we have greater control. It's who they get their check from. It's who controls their bread bowl. It's who has the authority to make them listen. Got it? That's why the county sheriff is so much more valuable, so much more important than a police chief, in our view, uh, because they will listen to us much more readily, is the way I would uh, explain it. Now, let me go on here for a second, Sheriff, and then we'll have you uh, sound off on this as well. The elected status is important because they'll listen to us, we the people. If they don't, we turn them out. That's term limits. Uh, to, uh, that's the best term limits you can get. Not by force, but by we the people's will. Got it? All right, now, the interposition position says that the sheriff is the executive branch in a county. Remember the three branches of government, ladies and gentlemen? That beautiful division of power three ways so that each branch can check the other two, right? So the sheriff is the executive branch in his county. And so that's why we say it's the highest office in the land relating to the county. 
Are we saying that he has more power than anybody else? No, we're not. That's a lie. Are we saying he's a king and above the lot? No, again, that's a lie. But just as you, ladies and gentlemen, view the president of the United States holding the highest office in our land, I submit to you that government closest to the people is the best government. And the states created the general government. So the general government is below the states. Got it? We think is the federal or the general government being above the states. And it trickles. The more local it is, the less governmental authority and power it has. I submit to you that is wrong. The closest the government is to the people, the more power government should have. And the states created the general, therefore the states are above the general. The tail can't wag the dog. The creation can't be greater than the creator. Got it? So that's why we say the states have more power than the general government. They have broader authority, and they're closer to the people. And the creation, that's the general, the federal government, is below the creator. That's the states, those who gave the general its commission. Got it? So now that we understand states have greater power than general government, now that we understand that counties have an executive branch and a judicial branch, the executive branch, the man who carries out the law, I'm not going to say he has more authority than the other two branches of government, but I am saying he has day-to-day real-time authority. The legislative bodies in a given state or county have ability to change things, but their actions have downstream reality, not real-time reality. Got it? As a result, then, the district attorney, again, the courts have downstream interpretation. The legislative body has new creative capabilities, but the executive is the real-time man. Johnny on the spot is what I would call him, and he must make decisions according to the law as he executes, executive branch, got it? The law's real-time. And his duty then, as he takes an oath to do that, his duty is to, in real time, protect the citizenry. And it's his job to not only judge the law, but judge the justice and mercy of the law as he executes, we the people's consent, real time. That's why he is the most important person with authority in a county not because he's more important but because his job is real time it's easy in a legislative body to say we don't like this would like to change this it's easy in a body when you've got a bunch of people involved around you you know your county five commissioners or whatever else you've got five people not one it's easy when you're a district attorney and you can just simply hindsight 2020 go "Mm, we don't like what he did there we like what he did there so with this great authority that the sheriff has in a county he also has tremendous responsibility it's his job to get it right and it's his job to look at his oath of offices descend defending the citizenry protect and defend serve with honor when we come back then one more note on clarification then i'm going to have the sheriff just rock and roll on these topics because once and for all we need to clarify to all these clowns out there what we're saying and what we're not about the county sheriff. Is he a god, a king-like figure? Absolutely not. Is he living beneath his privilege and does he have tremendous authority? Without a doubt. You are listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. Ladies and gentlemen, may I ask you, what is the KQ? You know, the kosher question. 
Most Americans will spend their entire lifetime purchasing food from the supermarkets while having no idea that almost every packaged food product on the grocery shelves is certified kosher. Indeed, the kosher question encompasses not only food and religion, but also affects our economics, politics, and our identity. In an effort to promote awareness to the kosher question, developers have published an app for your smartphone that features a database of food products that have not been kosher certified. The Koshertified app has prominent advertisement on TPC's homepage, or you can check out its website at thekosherquestion.com. With the cesspool of politics getting even deeper these days, why not leave the swamp and start eating in favor of your own interests? Check out thekosherquestion.com today and download the app. If Planned Parenthood were what they publicly declare themselves to be, they would welcome transparency. We all know why they hide, because we know what they hide. We can confirm federal judges who follow the Constitution rather than reverse engineer their preferred policy outcomes. The truth about abortion is spreading because of advances in medical imaging, because of brave journalists, tireless activists, compassionate doctors, nurses, and other healthcare professionals. The rising generation of young Americans is the most pro-life in decades because they know too. And one day soon, we will reaffirm our nation's principles in their dignified fullness and avow once again that all men are created equal. All are entitled to life. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am Sam Bushman, live on your radio, the good sheriff, Richard Mack, CSPOA.org, with me, the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association. I'm talking about the value of interposition. I'm talking about the reality reality of nullification, nullified now. I'm talking about the value and the incredible necessity of checks and balances in the republic, ladies and gentlemen. Understand that all 50 states are individual republics, okay? They're individual, literally sovereign entities. And these sovereign entities, known as states, formed a a more perfect union. And they did that, ladies and gentlemen, by saying, look, we have a general government to take care of certain delegated tasks. We, the people, delegated our authority to the general government on the federal level for certain limited reasons and to the states for broader reasons, to the counties, to all these political subdivisions, all designed to create checks and balances, not only vertically, but horizontally as well. And so the reason that we say the sheriff is the highest office in the land relating to a county is because he has real-time authority. That doesn't mean he's a king. It doesn't mean he can break the law. It means he has an oath to uphold it as long as he honors that oath. We should defend him like no other. He also has the closest relationship to the people as the executive because he can create sheriff's posses. He can deputize people. He can work with people and create a ground group of American citizens that literally work through his authority. That's the coordination necessary for the proper role of constitutional government. Now, the mainstream press and the government officials like to mock us and extremize our statements. Is that a word, extremize? You get what I'm saying, right? Make extreme our statements to the point of, we don't even agree with it, right? They're just manipulating it to try to deceive the sheriff and deceive the people into believing he doesn't have as much authority as he has. The point is the sheriff is living way 
beneath his privilege, way beneath his responsibility, way beneath his oath of office, and that is what we are trying to correct. Is there a balance? Of course. That's why there's the three branches of government, even at the county level. That's why the people elect the sheriff, because if he's out of control, we can elect somebody else next time and say, Sheriff, you've kind of gone astray, my friend. We don't like that. There are checks and balances throughout our wonderful, blessed system. Uh, it just so happens that the sheriff has tremendous responsibility. Proof? Sheriff Mack said, you're not going to do the Brady Bill in my county, Bill Clinton. You're not. Bill Clinton says, Sheriff, I'll arrest you. The sheriff says, no, you won't. Let's go to court. They went to the Supreme Court and Sheriff Richard Mack won and Bill Clinton lost. And that is now, in modern times, the greatest Tenth Amendment decision in history because it broke down uh, the reality of the separation of powers vertically and horizontally that I speak of, that the states have no obligation to obey the general at all. This is a critical understanding that we are trying to modernize. Our founders understood it, but we've lost it in America today because of the abuse of, I don't know, the swamp, the deep state, whatever words you want to use to denote those who would use uh, the manipulations of and the violations of the separation of powers for their own purposes. We don't seek for power, Sheriff. We seek to pull it down. Well, sure. amen to that. And. And, and that's uh, exactly correct. You you really did a great explanation. Uh, but I would I would just boil it down to the simple definition of interposition. You might not even see this in the dictionary, wherever you look it up, the word interpose or interposition. I don't know if it says stand in the way, put yourself in the way. Uh, and that's why uh, this is... A, a peaceful movement because we're not telling the sheriff uh, to shoot anybody, uh, to beat anybody up, uh, or even to arrest anybody <clears throat> necessarily. It might necessitate uh, sometime an arrest if uh, the government criminals uh, don't get his warning. Uh, but it, it just is it, simply as this. Put yourself in the way. Stand in the gap. Stand in the way. If the <clears throat> uh, government criminal is indeed coming after an innocent person, uh, and maybe even a guilty person, who knows? But uh, usually these thugs get uh, out of control, uh, no matter who they're going after. And there's a process called due process. That is the lawful process that is due to you by law if you are ever approached by government, if you are ever arrested, if, uh, if some complaint is ever made against you. You are allowed and you are required by law to have due process. If the government thugs do not follow the law, then the sheriff is there to make sure that they do. There has to be somebody, Sam. There has to be somebody that the people can turn to when government is tyrannical, out of control, unlawful, or criminal even. And when they break the law in such a manner, who can the people turn to? Well, as you know, the answer to that is, if it be not the sheriff, who the people have elected, 
paid his salary to be there, who has promised them in God's name that he will uphold and defend their constitutional rights, and it should be uh, the rights guaranteed in the Constitution, because they're not necessarily constitutional rights, because the they don't come from the Constitution. The Constitution merely details the rights that it will protect because you were born with those rights. And so the Constitution was devised to protect the rights, our innate natural rights. And so absolutely every peace officer, every sheriff in this country, every governor, every legislature should be interposing putting themselves in the way, because that is exactly why we have three branches of government. That is exactly why we have checks and balances. And that is exactly why we have our ultimate protector, the conservator of the peace, the sheriff, who is the ultimate protector of the people. And instead of saying, well, yeah, the IRS is really going after you. It doesn't look like they're treating you fairly or lawfully. Man, uh, I've got a brother-in-law that's a real good attorney. You might want to try to hire him. Or the sheriff could make a call or go to the IRS when they come into town and say, uh, I'm going to be watching you the whole time here. If you break the law, I'm going to arrest you. If you abuse my citizens against the Constitution, I'm going to arrest you. Or he just simply puts himself in the way and say, you're not coming in this man's home. You have no lawful reason to be here. And Sam, I would say that that would apply to the random audits that the IRS conducts 200,000 every year. Yes, it would. And, and furthermore, under Obama, now they want to do more. And furthermore, the so sheriff I, I should say, say it applies to that. And furthermore, the sheriff should say, I need to make sure that you have your paperwork in order if you're coming into my county as a government official, because the checks and balances require me as I interpose. As I protect my citizens, it requires me, IRS or anybody else for that matter, you need to have your paperwork in order to make sure that due process is happening here. I am the protector of the people, and I will ensure that due process is carried out in my jurisdiction. Now, I got an, a, a, a definition from the Internet that I think you're going to like, Sheriff. The doctrine of interposition. Interposition in its broadest meaning means to protect someone from the attacks of another. So redneck style, don't hurt me, don't take my stuff, that's interposition. Someone to prevent somebody from hurting me and taking my stuff. And that's why we hired a sheriff. That was the beginnings of government in the first place, Sheriff. Well, that's uh, exactly correct, and, and I like that. Uh, it, it really does boil down to um, Michael Badnerick's uh, mantra, Government is here. The purpose of government is to make sure you don't hurt me, you don't take my stuff. And that goes back to Thomas Paine. What difference does it make to me? What signifies it to me? If the people who take my stuff are from the government or from the street gangs, uh, those who kill me or threaten to kill me, what difference does it make to me if they're from the government or the street? It really makes, in, in the final analysis, it really makes no difference whatsoever. I just paraphrased Thomas Paine, and he absolutely said it and wrote it much more eloquently. I absolutely love the ingenious writings, the very short writings, the pamphlets that uh, Thomas Paine wrote about government in his Amer the American crisis. 
what it is so timeless and talks about what's going on today. Man, I, I'm telling you folks, the principles of liberty have not changed since 1776. They did not, uh, they were not invented then. And I love it. Absolutely love it. When we get back, Senator Rand Paul's warning of something that I want Sheriff Richard Mack. He's probably the quintessential person in the country to speak out on this. I'll have the good sheriff respond to what Rand Paul's warning about right now. Hang tight. Sam Bushman, the good sheriff, Richard Mack, on your radio. Proclaiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Wendy King. Workers are still sifting through the rubble after a high-rise building collapsed in Surfside, Florida, near Miami. 160 people are still unaccounted for. Family and friends wait nearby as crews search for survivors. Joshua Spiegel is waiting for word on his mother. And um, we love her so much, and we're going to see her soon. The building had recently begun its structural recertification process as the roof was being worked on. In 2015, a tenant sued the condo association, claiming there was water damage from cracks within the walls. Investigators are looking at the wreckage carefully to determine the cause of the tragedy. Four people are confirmed dead. A study last year found that the ground under the tower sank at a faster rate than the neighboring towns. Sinkholes are common in Florida. This is USA Radio News. Rockstar Radio. Did you know this station, this network, is looking for their next rock star broadcaster? That's right, we are. And it could be you. It could be you interviewing the guests, talking to the newsmakers right in the middle of everything. Have you ever dreamed of being a rock star show host? Now could be your chance. Together with this station, we'll help you with everything you need. The studios, the equipment, your own producer, a co-host if you'd like, and so much more. Broadcasting is changing. There's never been a need for fresh voices and unique opinions like there is right now. You can do this. Our professional team will guide you every step of the way. Sound effects, show content, building your social network media, and everything you need to be the next Rockstar broadcaster. Get all the details. Email bill at rockstar.today. That's bill at rockstar.today. To get started with your own show, email bill at rockstar.today. That's bill at rockstar.today. Don't wait. You could be the next voice for America. Email bill at rockstar.today. With the U.S. troops drawing back from Afghanistan continuing, there are now concerns about protecting women and children who were often targeted by the Taliban. The president of Afghanistan, Ashraf Ghani, visited the U.S. and noted what progress has been made in his nation's attitudes. What moves me in my daily work is meeting with young girls from schools. And when I ask them, how many of you want to become president? 80-90% of the hands go up. He spoke with lawmakers about further U.S. help protecting against the Taliban and COVID-19. A 22-and-a-half-year prison sentence was announced in court in Minneapolis for former police officer Derek Chauvin, who was convicted of murdering George Floyd. Judge Peter Cahill explained to him why. This is based on your abuse of a position of trust and authority and also the particular cruelty shown to George Floyd. You're listening to USA Radio News.
promoting God, family, and country. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Radio. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, the good sheriff, Richard Mack, CSPOA.org. That's the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association, CSPOA.org. Become a member today, a lifetime member. I am one, and we need your support, ladies and gentlemen. We need your support every day, all the time. All right, so as your Supreme Court case brilliantly showed in modern times about the importance of the states created the general government, and the general government has no authority over the states. That was clearly articulated in the Supreme Court case where you beat Bill Clinton over the Brady Bill, Sheriff. So if the federal government or the general government can't mandate that the states and the counties do anything, state officials, because of the sovereignty of the constitutional republics, which are the 50 states currently, well, Senator Rand Paul has a warning right now that I wanted to bring to your attention and articulate this well. Biden has a gun control crown jewel. The United Nations Small Arms Treaty has been the gun control lobby's crown jewel for decades. They've been waiting for an anti-gun president like Joe Biden to pass this thing. They want to take they want to ratify it in the U.S. Senate. Now, I don't think they'll get it ratified in the Senate. I talked to Scott Bradley and others about it. We don't think they'll get that exactly done. But, Sheriff, if your Supreme Court case proved that the feds can't even do it or the general government can't do it, there's no authority that Congress or anybody else can give so an international body can do it. Let's start there, sir. <laughs> well, you have to... Um... You have to hand it to them that they'll find every which way they can to uh, get to the American people to believe that the United Nations is the ruler of the world and that their uh, uh, existence is actually superior to the United States of America and that we must answer to them. They've been brainwashing us with that for the last 75 years. And uh, obviously there's been a few organizations that have, have been trying to bring that horrible situation, dangerous situation to uh, the American public's view, and one of them is the John Birch Society. Uh, and it, it is uh, an extremely dangerous thing. And, and another thing that uh, Biden, to support your uh, theory there, uh, he has been trying to get a, uh, what is it, 15% global tax through the United Nations and that uh, we need to all pay this global tax, I guess, in order to take care of everybody in the world. And that government, of course, uh, will make sure that uh, everybody has a monthly salary uh, because it's what the United Nations wants to do, and we have to do what the United Nations says. Uh, Certainly, Bush obeyed the United Nations, both of them. Um, The One World Order... uh, was very much supported by Bill Clinton and uh, George Bush Sr. And uh, so th- this is no surprise, Sam, that they would go the backdoor approach to saying, hey, the United Nations called for this. Of course, it nullifies our Second Amendment because they are superior to our our Constitution. An extremely uh, dangerous situation, Sam, that... Uh, 
I, I'm sure that the Democrats are just going to fall in line with all of that. And uh, and then, you know, I can't wait to see Mitt Romney uh, fall in line with that. Um, you know, I, I, Sam, I, you know, you and I, every time we get on the show, it's like, could it ever get any worse? Could it ever uh, get stupider? Um, and and could the destruction of our Constitution uh, be more evident uh, this week than it was last week? Uh, it just seems to be that way, and it gets steadily worse. And uh, those of us who simply, and, and our message is so simple, Sam, of don't hurt me, don't take my stuff. You don't even get to take my stuff, government. You don't get to take my stuff, even if you have a good reason. Uh, but the Because Supreme Court decision, Mac Prince v. U.S., but the Constitution protects us from our own best intentions. And that is absolutely so true because people think that as long as you're stealing money from people and giving it to somebody else who really needs it, then it's okay to steal. Uh, and uh, the principles of the fruit of my labor and that my property is mine and I get to say what happens to it is completely blown out of the water. And I... I <laughs> Sam, uh, you know, it, it gives me hope to be able to travel the country like I am because there are so many people that uh, feel the exact same way that you and I do, that we must do something uh, to stop all of this. And here we are now with such crises going on in our country, and it just comes back to the basics of uh, follow the Constitution, don't hurt me, don't take my stuff. Government, you are here to protect me and make sure that no one is taking my stuff and that no one is hurting me or my family. And when they don't do that, who do we turn to? Well, there's your county sheriff. And I met with a couple of sheriffs uh, last night at our meet and greet. And uh, Sheriff uh, Tom Rummel, who you know, who has been to a couple of our conventions, especially the first one, I believe, and then uh, uh, local Sheriff uh, Hano, uh, Sheriff Hano right here in Kalispell. And uh, it, uh, it's really gratifying to see that there are sheriffs who believe in America, uh, who believe in our Constitution and believe uh, in the oath of office. Wow. It, it, it's been an amazing trip. Uh, today I, I start my class at 9 o'clock. And then uh, noon, I'm going to, uh, the local people that are heading back up to, uh, back over to, I should say over, uh, to Idaho are going to drop me off at Coeur d'Alene to catch up with the, the Rise USA buses. <laughs> so I can't wait to get back to the bus. And then my son Jimmy, is, uh, who you know very well, is going to go with us for a week. And, and then uh, he's going to go to uh, Mount Rushmore with us to have that uh, morning sunrise service. And then he's going to head back to Coeur d'Alene and get back to work. Incredible travels, and we'll talk more about your travels in the last segment of the show here in great detail, because, man, you've been all over the place and not really even available for Liberty Roundtable Live. It's been so crazy busy, which we understand. But let me finish on this <laughs> nullification thing, because interposition and nullification are the two keys, ladies and gentlemen. Nullification, in clear, simple language, is a state's right to refuse to recognize congressional law. 
explanation. The right of nullification is based on the idea that, you know what? A state can jettison any laws that the federal government or the federal legislative body puts in place based on this idea that we call it unconstitutional. Nullification is the rightful remedy when the federal government reaches beyond its constitutional powers, ladies and gentlemen. That's really the summation. The reason that I bring this up is our answer is clear. County by county, sheriff by sheriff. If the United States even dreams of passing a United Nations-style gun control bill, all right, then we, the people, need to shut it down. And Biden or the United Nations crown jewel, the United Nations Small Arms Treaty, if they even think of passing it, we simply just county by county, state by state, need to say, "Uh uh-uh. We're going to use interposition right now and protect the people from your tyrannical global abuse. And we're going to use nullification to flat out shut it down. That is the rightful check and balance America has to offer. Your Supreme Court case proves it, Sheriff. Well, it does, and it's a simple process. And what uh, Jefferson and Madison made very clear is that you don't have to uh, go to court. You don't have to pass new legislation to counter the other legislation. You simply say, no, we are not doing that here. You make that law irrelevant. You nullify it by putting it in the trash can and simply saying, no, we are not doing that. Uh, Who's the great judge of uh, constitutional law? Well, Madison and Jefferson said, as you've alluded to, it's the people who take the oath. It's the states who formed us that get to say, no, you're out of line there. We are not subject to uh, your direction. We're not subject to your unlawful acts. We are not subject to your tyranny. And we simply say no. And that is the essence of nullification. We don't do it. We don't comply. We don't obey. So that's the way it goes. Ladies and gentlemen, quick pause. When we come back, we'll wrap this up and we'll talk about the sheriff's travels. We're all traveling a ton. We're training all over the country and we need your financial support. CSPOA.org. You are listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. Is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. 
As the United States boldly stepped forward in the glorious light provided by its new constitution in 1787, the nations of the earth were in awe of the newfound strength and hope of this free land. Today, the nation stands at a crossroads. A divergence from the original intent put forth in the United States Constitution has brought grave threats to our beloved nation. A miracle is needed if the United States is to survive. That miracle is again the pure application of the United States Constitution. I'm Scott Bradley. In my To Preserve the Nation book and lecture series, I bring forth truths that will help raise up a new generation of statesmen like those noble Americans who founded this land. Vigorous application of these principles will invigorate and restore the nation, and we may become again the freest, most prosperous, most respected, and happiest nation on earth. Visit topreservethenation.com to begin that restoration. Begging politicians, bureaucrats, and educrats, and all do-getters to please obey the supreme law of the land, the Constitution. This is Liberty Roundtable. All right, Sheriff Mack. So uh, all I'm telling you is that a lot of people believe that Nullify Now is kind of a state's authority. A state can Nullify Now and reject the federal government or the general government's legislation or whatever else. Well, it doesn't matter if it's a state or the federal. Nullification really is the checks and balances a sheriff can tell the general government, you're not doing this. So in Bill Clinton's example, it wasn't even legislated. It was just an executive versus executive. A general government executive, meaning the head of the country, Bill Clinton, versus a sheriff executive on the, quote, in a way, the lowest level, I would call it the highest level of government, in a battle. And you were able to nullify using interposition. And it had nothing to do with the state because the state would not have gone along. It had everything to do with your authority as a sheriff. And when showdown time came, the overreach by Bill, the chief executive of the United States, was trumped by the chief executive of a county. Why? Because interposition works when nullification is called upon. Both of these principles are in that case in spades, sir. Yeah, it is. And uh, simply uh, stated, it talks about, uh, in fact, Scalia quotes Federalist 51, where it says, uh, a double security arises to the rights of the people. Well, how does that double security happen? Because both the federal government and the state government is supposed to are supposed to be uh, defending the rights of the people, and then when one government doesn't do that, it adds uh, a clarification: the different governments will control each other at the same time that each will be controlled by itself. Now that's <laughs> that's exactly what we've been talking about, and it's not. Because we go to court, and it's not because we pass new legislation. We simply interpose, and we tell the other government, you are doing the wrong thing here. We will not comply with this, and as a matter of fact, we won't allow anybody else to do it in our county. We're not going to allow you to do that to our people. And, uh, man, we sure have needed this for a long time, haven't we? (laughs) Yes, indeed. Let me give the last headline to this. 
interposition via nullification is the rightful remedy when governments reach beyond their constitutional powers. That's the reality. That's the whole point of the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association. Who will protect and defend? Who will keep their oaths of office and understand the purpose for the proper role of government? Who can stand tall? The answer is the sheriff backed by good, honest Americans. That is the key. Now, to, prove, or to, to carry out that educational mission of the CSPOA, Sheriff Mack has been on the road. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, since COVID, sir, it is absolutely, what would be the word? Um, escalated to extreme levels. Everybody <laughs> is interested in, in what you have to say and the training that the CSPOA offers uh, like they have never been before in your whole career, huh? Yeah, it, that is absolutely correct. Uh, I've never been so busy. Uh, had to quit my teaching job. Uh, I guess I didn't have to, but in order to answer the demand, I did. And so I quit teaching, and that's a job that you you know very well, that I love very much. I so amazingly <laughs> uh, miss the children. I miss the kids a lot. And uh, I need to go uh, get my, uh, what is it, my background check done. You have to do your background check every six years to stay as a teacher. And uh, that has, mine has expired, and I would like to be able to, maybe when I get done with this tour and maybe when I start uh, lessening how many times I go out. And, and Sam, my, my ultimate goal is, and I've talked to you about this before, I would really like uh, to clone me, um, and then I'm serious. I want to hire, like, David Clark. I want to hire, I should say Sheriff Clark. I want to hire... Uh, Sheriff Rogers, uh, Tim Mueller, who you don't know, a former sheriff in Oregon, and uh, there's a few others that I've I've got on the list, and uh, would really like to have them trained um, more so in in the presentation I do, but also of the specifics of the Supreme Court decision, Mac Prince v. U.S. And so, if we could do that. Uh, I could uh, be home a little bit more, and uh, like right now, I'm in Kalispell. Uh, had a, a meet and greet last night. The first day I got here, uh, we had a, a two-hour uh, seminar, and then today is an all-day one. Uh, I'm uh, doing the first two and a half, three hours this morning, and then leaving for uh, Port d'Alene uh, with that couple I was telling you about. Uh, they're going to take me to Coeur d'Alene. And uh, this whole thing started at, in Lander. Uh, you were there with us uh, at Battle Mountain, Lander County. And uh, it, it's just, you know, I couldn't even begin to tell you where I've been the last six weeks, Sam. I I know we started, I started in Lander, and then I flew uh, from there to Memphis. Then I know we went to... Arkansas, and I can't remember if we if we hit Texas right then or not. I can't remember, uh, but it seemed like we did. But uh, no, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, we we did go through Texas because uh, Rick actually did Fredericksburg, Texas for me. Rick Dalton, my vice president, and then 
we had um, a, a great uh, uh, event in Elko where they also uh, became a, a constitutional county. Uh, and this has been, for you and me, Sam, uh, and you and I have talked about this, this has been the biggest payday for CSPOA since we've been here. What Lander and Elko counties did uh, was so historic, so bold and courageous, uh, and so appropriate, uh, and declaring themselves to be constitutional counties and letting every bureaucrat in the state and the federal government know the Bill of Rights will be enforced here. And if you don't like it, don't come here. And if you come here and violate it, we will take action against you. You're not going to come in here and pretend to be part of the government that's supposed to be protecting the people and then start abusing, oppressing, and uh, criminally treating the American people. And and we will not stand for it, and we will not take it. And so that is so fantastic. We are thrilled with every bit of this, Sam. Ladies and gentlemen, there's so much to talk about. So many places to go, so many things to do uh, that it's just uh, overwhelming for the tiny staff that Sheriff Richard Mack has. We need your financial support, CSPOA.org, but even uh, more so than your financial support, what you need to do, ladies and gentlemen, is understand the proper role of a constitutional sheriff. We're not saying nobody else matters. We need to get your county commissions on board as well. We need to get your district attorneys on board as well. We need all three branches of government um, working together for the same purpose. No doubt about it. We're not saying the sheriff is a king. We're merely saying he has tremendous leadership responsibilities. And he is living beneath his privilege, beneath his service responsibility. His oath of office is a serious call to duty, to protect and defend. And we, the American people, need to give that elected official 100% support because that is where authority and power comes from. And, and that is where we can literally take this country back one county at a time. We can nullify now. Yes, we can. I know you believe nullification is just a state versus the federal government principle, but it isn't true. Nullify is to simply say, look, what you're doing is wrong, and I will use my authority, my jurisdictional responsibility to oppose you i will use interposition to protect the people from you when you do that interposition via nullification is the rightful remedy when the when any government reaches beyond its constitutional powers that's important that's important to understand sheriff finish on that and then we'll see where you're going where you'll be for the fourth of july again well it is it, it is vital that the sheriff understands that and it's it's funny, uh, the constitutional sheriff with his role. This is every sheriff, where they whether they consider themselves constitutional or not. And in a lot of ways, by their very position, they are constitutional. But some of them refuse uh, to go along with that. And we've even had a couple of sheriffs say that they don't have the authority to keep their oath of office. <laughs> wow, what a statement! Yeah, what a what a dishonest statement if you're really educated, <laughs> yeah. and what an ignorant statement if you're not, right? Yes, and and so we tell all these people that come up, how do I get my sheriff to be constitutional? It's very simple. You get them to our training, and you have to get rid of the ignorance. You cannot 
uh, be saved in ignorance. You cannot be a constitutional sheriff if you do not understand the role uh, that you have uh, to uphold and defend the Constitution. How many peace officers in this country truly understand their role in protecting and securing and perpetuating the constitutional republic that is ours, that is so uniquely ours in this great American nation. And we must understand that we do have a role in that and that our role is not simply to write tickets all day or to fill up our prisons or to get rid of all the drug dealers and drugs in our communities. It is absolutely to protect liberty, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men. That's why we're here. And if you have to do that, if you have to protect rights against other government officials, then for God's sakes, do your duty, sir. Do your duty, ma'am. And defend your people against tyranny. That is why we are here. Ladies and gentlemen, it doesn't get better than that. I know it feels like we're never going to win. We don't have a prayer. But we need to trust in God. We need to learn our duty. We need to pray as if it's up to God Almighty and then do our very best as if it's up to us. And if we do, I submit that the grace of the Almighty God will do the rest. He's the author of our liberty, and he wants to bless and reward liberty-loving people who obey his laws. And if a self-governed people back their sheriff and support the checks and balances vertically and horizontally, I'm telling you right now, the doctrine of interposition becomes live and well. The principle of nullification can be used to roll back anybody who seeks for power let's think of the sheriff as seeking to pull power down and we support him in doing so sheriff mac i know you gotta fly you're busy as all get out we appreciate you sir and we'll have you back soon thanks sam see you soon brother there he goes sheriff richard mac ladies and gentlemen telling the tale of liberty everywhere he goes to the best of his ability we need to fund organizations like this CSPOA.org, become a lifetime member. I am one, and pray you become one as well. That's CSPOA.org. LibertyRoundtable.com, LovingLiberty.net, our websites. Hour one in the can, hour two coming up. I am Sam Bushman. I declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America. Top the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk Show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow American Sam Bushman, live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that I refuse to use, no doubt, continues now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for June twenty-sixth in the year of our Lord two thousand and twenty-one. This is our two of two in our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Ladies and gentlemen, we're live on the radio six days a week, two hours a day. News the networks refuse to use on tap. Wow, ladies and gentlemen, on the Sabbath, we take a rest as the good Lord asks us to do. 
Other than that, we're all about the sacred cause of liberty, all about the principles of patriotism, all about our duty as Americans. Our founders said, you have a republic if you can keep it, and we mean business to keep it. I'll tell you that right now. We're battling hard in the culture wars. We're telling the tale of liberty. We're traveling. We're speaking. We're live on your radio around the world and more, all because we care about our children and our children's children. And we want to preserve the sacred cause of liberty for us and our posterity. Welcome to the broadcast. Indeed, last hour, we had the good Sheriff Richard Mack on the radio with us. Great hour. Richard Mack is the founder and president of the CSPOA. That's the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association. It's a partnership between citizens and local law enforcement, especially sheriffs. Mack encourages those who are not in law enforcement to join the CSPOA. To stand with our sheriffs, cspoa.org, to learn more about that. I would recommend becoming a lifetime member. I am one and highly recommend you become one as well. The doctrine of interposition. Interposition means to protect someone from the attacks of another. Simply don't hurt me, don't take my stuff. Nullification is a right to invalidate, refuse, recognize, or obey unconstitutional pretend legislation. Ladies and gentlemen, the checks and balances, both horizontal and vertical, are real. Yeah, the checks and balances, both horizontal and vertical, are real. Senator Rand Paul warned us about the federal government. They want to promote the United Nations Small Arms Treaty. And they're launching an all-out unconstitutional effort right now to ratify it in the U.S. Senate. Can the local county sheriff stop them? I submit to you the answer is a resounding yes via the principles of nullification. Interposition via nullification is the rightful remedy when governments reach beyond their constitutional powers. Yeah, very, very simple, clear stuff. Anyway, we talked about that in detail with the good sheriff last hour. Show will be up after this hour as soon as we can make that happen. So expect that coming up. Available on demand at your fingertips. LibertyRoundtable.com, LovingLiberty.net. We need your donations as well. Click the donation link. We would be grateful. Uh, now, let's talk about yesterday's show. I uh, briefed us on part of it with Richard Mack, but he was only going to be with us for an hour. He's got some meetings to attend today and couldn't stay with us longer like he usually does. But um, I bring that up because... Um, Yesterday, we talked a whole lot more than I highlighted. I just wanted to highlight the things that related to the good sheriff, uh, and then we'll you know talk more. For example, the 17th Amendment, ladies and gentlemen, was designed to further emasculate the state legislative bodies. See, the states used to have a representative at the general level before the 17th Amendment, and the 17th Amendment made senators elected by popular vote skipping the state legislative bodies, in my opinion, a serious, serious violation of the Constitution and manipulation of the checks and balances to the detriment of all 50 states or all 50 constitutional republics, right? We need to understand that. So I reject the 17th Amendment. I think it's bogus. We need to get rid of it ASAP. We also talked to our guest second hour yesterday, Dr. Scott Bradley, his lifelong mission and his collegiate series to match to preserve the nation. Available at freedomsrisingsun.com, along with well over a thousand videos, his weekly webinars, video webinars, Q&As on the Constitution, and a whole lot more education galore at Freedoms Rising 
Sun.com. We talked about prayer in school, the case that kicked God out of the schools. you got to understand, ladies and gentlemen, on June 25th, that was yesterday, the anniversary at least, 1962, in Engel versus Vitale, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that based on the, quote, establishment clause in the First Amendment, that the government can't sponsor a prayer and can't require school children to say that prayer. The problem with that whole notion of the Supreme Court is it's true that the government can't mandate a prayer and mandate people say a prayer. But if we have a prayer in school because individuals want to pray, the government can't prohibit the free exercise thereof either. So to say, Johnny, we think a prayer in class would be nice. Would you like to say the prayer? is not wrong. The Establishment Clause does not prohibit that. To, to interpret so is a lie. The Supreme Court got it wrong. Because what happens is they're pro prohibiting the free exercise thereof right now, aren't they? But if Johnny says, I don't want to pray, then you can't say you must. you got to say, okay, well, we'll have somebody else pray then, Johnny. Would like to have a prayer here. If Johnny doesn't want a prayer, Johnny doesn't have to close his eyes and fold his arms. He can just sit there. But the choice to pray or not to pray shouldn't be taken away or meddled with. Remember, the First Amendment says the government will not mandate or prohibit the free exercise. They are on the altar of saying government can't mandate. Then they're denying the free exercise thereof. No one's mandated prayer. If a teacher says, I don't want to pray in my class, then they don't have to pray in that class. Uh, people like me will say that I don't want my kid in your class if you don't want to pray then. I don't want somebody who's godless to teach my children. I have that right too. You see how that free interplay should be the order of the day? Yeah, so the court got it wrong. The 20, uh, I'm sorry, the 59th anniversary was yesterday. What a sad tale to tell. That's when the downhill slid or slide began. You know, we used to pray in school and the biggest offense was chewing gum or something like that. Maybe a fist fight. Now it's flat-out murder in the schools and drugs and mayhem and sex and perversion. And 50 years later, you think we're doing better? Almost 60 years later, you think we're doing better? I think the proof in the pudding is clear. You turn your back on God and it will not go well for you. Individually, as a family, as a society, any way you want to slice and dice that, it doesn't go well. Because God Almighty is the author of our liberty and obedience to his commandments affords us blessings and protection healing and strength and safety and security when we jettison god we don't have any safety we want to trade our liberty for safety but we're going to get nowhere we're going to lose both beware 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 all right we also talked about a law signed by florida governor ron DeSantis. is a sad tale to tell it will allow for forced vaccinations DeSantis promised no forced vaccinations but he lied now, I did talk to a good buddy of mine about this, Alex Newman, John Birch Society, who said it was already kind of the law and, and, and Ron got kind of pushed into this. And, you know, he kind of defends Ron on this. And you know what? I do and I don't. To me, Ron should have stood up more about this and said, you know what? I, I just can't go along with this until it's taken out. So I understand the defense of DeSantis because he's doing a pretty good job on a lot of fronts. But I'm not a defend a guy or a person. Uh, person. I'm just not. When it's right, I defend it. When it's wrong, I reject it. And I'm telling you right now, I don't care if it was already law. I don't care if it 
Ron DeSantis should have said, you got to take this piece out or I'm not signing this legislation. And you could say, Sam, it's not worth the battle. Just let it go. It's already the law. Move on. Let's repeal it for sure. But uh, let's not get stuck on things. You know what? I understand. But I also understand sometimes when we compromise, we do ourselves greater damage than when we don't. There's a balance, that's for sure. We also talked about with Dr. Scott Bradley yesterday in detail about Capitol Police cop was horrified. A lack of help from his bosses. Senate report out outlines security intelligence failures before the January 6th riot. It's a scathing report. But I don't think it'll have any bearing on what's going to happen in America. We're not going to get to the bottom of this thing. Pelosi's already made up her mind, and she's going to put together an investigative report. But imagine somebody who goes into an investigation saying, what happened on you know, January 6th? 2021 what happened there but then they start out with this here's pelosi root causes of january 6th capital riot white supremacy anti-semitism islamophobia yeah she says she's going to look into this thing now do you trust her i don't how can you start out by saying well we're going to investigate but then we've already made up our mind that it was white supremacists insurrectionists da 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 how are you going to investigate that and get to the bottom of that kind of a bias going in? The one ordering the report has that kind of a bias going in. What do you think of that, ladies and gentlemen? You accept that? You comfortable with that? See, I'm not at all. And I don't care what side of the aisle you come from on this either. I'm not okay with going in and saying, hey, uh, it was not Trump supporters. For sure, Trump supporters were not involved there. I'm a Trumpite. Hey, it was for sure Antifa and Black Lives Matter. and We're going to go in with that bias. I don't accept that bias either. Why don't you go in saying we don't know who done it exactly. We see smatterings of it could be BLM. It could be Antifa. It could be extreme Donald Trump supporters. In fact, it's probably a combination of provocateurs from all of the above. Remember, it was Donald Trump himself back in the Charlottesville day that said, you know what? There's bad guys and good guys on both sides of this thing. And poor Donald Trump got slaughtered by the media and uh, his colleagues in government over this. But you know what? The more we research, the more we stand up for what's right, the more we realize he was right as rain on that one, wasn't he? Wow. Quick pause. I'm Sam Bushman. This is the one and only Liberty Roundtable live radio talk show. We are celebrating our 25th anniversary on the radio. Did you know that? This year, time flies when you're having fun. And when you're telling the truth, standing with news the networks refuse to use, huh? Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way. But actually, gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into Mommy and Daddy's bank account, because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org.
why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. With news the networks refuse to use. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. There's a lot of good going on in America. You just don't hear about it from your mainstream press. Sad to say, tale is true. I'll tell you that right now. I want to be a truth teller, ladies and gentlemen. I want to be a patriot. I want to be an American. Yeah, I don't believe I'm a sovereign citizen either, by the way, to all you sovereign citizens folks out there. As far as I understand, there's a news story that just got released yesterday. I guess these sovereign citizens whacked out people, I don't know, in Virginia or somewhere, according to Fox News. These sovereign citizen guys literally took over a vacant house, changed the locks, pretended it was theirs, uh, suggested they could do whatever they wanted to, somehow tied up with this African Black Lives Matter agenda where they can do anything they want and behave anywhere they want. They need to be arrested and prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. For their abuse, I'll tell you that right now. I mean, it's out of control, unacceptable. That's going on, right? And it's a sad tale to tell. But there are a lot of good people doing a lot of good things, folks, in America. And my wife sent me this great article, or great, uh, I don't know, press release, whatever you want to call it. Headline is called Raising Men Lawn Care Service. We're raisingmen.com. And there's a note on their website that says, putting the care back in lawn care. And it's a uh, website uh, dedicated to raising men. I don't know if this is politically acceptable in America, but I'm telling you right now, to me, it's absolutely fantastic. We're raisingmen.com. And they're working on a huge donation drive. And um, so I'm, I'm, I'm on their website. And they have a phone number. I'm going to call them, see if I can get these people on the radio to talk about it more with them. But they've got a 50-yard challenge. And the 50-yard challenge is to donate. It's really cool. But they say their goal is to build men. Making a difference one lawn at a time is what it says. And they say it's the union of a regular... An ordinary yard maintenance service and the commitment to establish an inspiring program to keep our youth, girls, and boys on a positive path. 
while learning and understanding their value in society. We provide free lawn care to our elderly, those who are disabled, single mothers, and our veterans who do not have the time, resources, money, or capability to take care of our yards. Raising Men Lawn Care Services, a 501c3 organization, our mission. We want to unite the extraordinary community that is present in our local area. We are completely confident in the fact that we can provide a very inspirational program that focuses on channeling the energy that youths have in a positive way as well as helping those who need it most. We know that sometimes youth want to help the community and sometimes people need it, but it's hard to know who, why, and where, right? We focus on getting all the details of that sorted out while helping people around the area to care for and maintain their lawns. We mow free lawns for the elderly, the disabled, single moms, veterans, and it's our 50-yard challenge. When We have a shirt system as well. They say when your child signs up for the 50-yard challenge, they start out with a white shirt. We have it set up kind of similar to the karate system. For every 10 lawns cut, they get a new colored shirt. When they mow 10 lawns, they get an orange shirt. 20 lawns, a green shirt. 30 lawns, a blue shirt. Yeah. 40 lawns, you get a red shirt. 50 lawns. You get a black shirt. Yeah, you get a black belt at mowing lawns, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, they do mowing, raking leaves, snow shoveling, and they want donations. They talk about their current numbers, places in which people are taking part in their 50-yard challenge. It's cool. It's pretty neat. They have 15,000 plus kids that have already joined the program, ladies and gentlemen. Lawns mowed for free. 100,000 plus lawns. Yeah. They say, although we're called raising men, we're raising women too. A few years ago, this uh, author says, I realized we didn't have very many young ladies joining the program. But the few young ladies who joined were given a raising men t-shirt. And that didn't sit well. So we have Raising Women Lawn Care Service now as well. There's a huge increase in the, <laughs> in the number of women. As the saying goes, anything he can mow, she can mow better. Rodney Smith Jr. is the one that founded this organization, ladies and gentlemen. And there's kids' testimonies uh, telling their parents about when they complete the 50-yard challenge. They say... Um, Anyway, there's a video of testimonies up here. I think it's cool, man. And, you know, there could be people that could be critical of it. Like always, everything, there's critics, right? But I'm telling you right now that I think people are really trying to make a difference. Raising hope. Each month we raise $1,000 through our program called Raising Hope. It helps a family in need, and we surprise them with a big check. We start with a $500 grocery shopping spree for families in need. Anyway, there's videos promoting that. 
pretty neat. Raising men lawn care service. Raising women lawn care service. 501C3 company. Anyway, Megan Kelly on the Today Show interviewed Rodney. Rodney Smith Jr. is the guy that started this thing. I think it's really fascinating. Let me tell you what I like most about it. By the way, he was on ABC Nightly News with David Muir as well. I'm just saying pretty neat. What I like the most about this, folks, is that good people are anxiously engaged in a good cause. That's what I'm the most interested in and about. Right? That's what I like. I like the idea that people are anxiously engaged in a good cause. They're just saying, hey, what can I do to make things better? Rather than just complaining, Rodney Smith Jr., founder, I like getting engaged. Raising Men Lawn Care Service. We're RaisingMen.com. I kind of like that. And what can we do to make the biggest difference, folks? I mean, it's really a fair question for all of us, isn't it? What can we do to be anxiously engaged in a good cause? Right? What can we do to make the biggest difference? And Rodney Smith Jr. is trying. I mean, I love this idea that he's trying hard. He's making a difference. You know, these kinds of things, in my opinion, are impressive. And I think we need more of them, especially when a lot of the elderly, a lot of the disabled, they're on very limited incomes, single mothers struggling to support their children. What can we do to just make their lives a little better? What can we do to pay it forward? What can we do to, right? Rodney Smith Jr., founder. Raising Men Lawn Care Service. We're RaisingMen.com. Putting the care back in lawn care. I like that kind of a headline too, man. Anyway, I wanted to spend time on this because I think it's great. My wife finds good news stories and sends them to me and, and bless her for it. It's really cool to be able to make a difference and highlight some of these things that people are doing. Um, it's just impressive. The 50-yard challenge, donate today, is what I want to kind of highlight here because the 50-yard challenge is a real way to inspire youth and get them some awards. Just imagine putting on your resume that, hey, I was involved in the 50-yard challenge, and you kind of can explain what it is, right? Yeah. All right, hang tight, quick pause. I got a whole lot more news than that, which refuse to use straight ahead. I am Sam Bushman. This is the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live radio talk show. Protecting your liberties. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. 
USA Radio News with Wendy King. Workers are still sifting through the rubble after a high-rise building collapsed in Surfside, Florida, near Miami. 160 people are still unaccounted for. Family and friends wait nearby as crews search for survivors. Joshua Spiegel is waiting for word on his mother. And um, we love her so much, and we're going to see her soon. The building had recently begun its structural recertification process as the roof was being worked on. In 2015, a tenant sued the condo association, claiming there was water damage from cracks within the walls. Investigators are looking at the wreckage carefully to determine the cause of the tragedy. Four people are confirmed dead. A study last year found that the ground under the tower sank at a faster rate than the neighboring towns. Sinkholes are common in Florida. This is USA Radio News. You know, if you feel like you're stuck with a health care plan that isn't affordable or you simply don't like it, right now is a great time to switch to MediShare. The typical family saves $500 a month when they join MediShare. And what's more, they like it. MediShare has double the customer satisfaction rate compared to the typical health insurance plan. That's double. So you get a massive network of providers to choose from. You get telehealth services. And MediShare is the most trusted name in healthcare sharing. It's been around for more than 25 years, shared more than $4 billion in healthcare bills. Here's why now really is the time to make the switch, too. You can start saving each month, which is huge, but right now they'll waive your joining fee. So you'll save another $170 right off the bat. But again, it's a limited time offer. You got to call now and it only takes two minutes to find out how much you'd save by switching. Here's the number 833-34-BIBLE. That's 833-34-BIBLE. 833-34-BIBLE. With the U.S. troops drawing back from Afghanistan continuing, there are now concerns about protecting women and children who are often targeted by the Taliban. The president of Afghanistan, Ashraf Ghani, visited the U.S. and noted what progress has been made in his nation's attitudes. What moves me in my daily work is meeting with young girls from schools. And when I ask them, how many of you want to become president? 80-90% of the hands go up. He spoke with lawmakers about further U.S. help protecting against the Taliban and COVID-19. A 22-and-a-half-year prison sentence was announced in court in Minneapolis for former police officer Derek Chauvin, who was convicted of murdering George Floyd. Judge Peter Cahill explained to him why. This is based on your abuse of a position of trust and authority and also the particular cruelty shown to George Floyd. You're listening to USA Radio News. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Sam Bushman on your radio. We're talking about this incredible effort, ladies and gentlemen. Good people doing good things all over the country. We love to highlight this on your radio. Rodney Smith, Jr., founder of Raising Men and Raising Women Lawn Care Service. We're RaisingMen.com. Putting the care back in lawn care. Rodney is with me. Hi, Rodney. How you doing? Good. You're in Alabama. How did you start such a uh, proposition like this? Just uh interaction with God one day led me down this path. Um, and then I came across an elderly man outside mowing his lawn. It looked like he was struggling, so I pulled over and helped him out and that night, I just decided to start mowing free lawns for the elderly, disabled, single parents, and veterans in Huntsville, Alabama. And then it eventually 
turned into an organization, and here we are today. Over 15,000 children involved so far and over 100,000 lawns mowed, right? No, it's, right now we have about 2,000-something kids that are taking part nationwide, and we have kids in eight other different countries. And then, yeah, so that, that's, that's, that's the numbers right now. So we'll just continue growing. Right now, I think a post on Facebook is going viral. So a lot of kids are trying to sign up, and we'll be opening up submissions uh, Monday. So, yeah. Wow. And how yeah. old do you need to be? Are there ages for the program? Yeah, so the program is for kids ages 7 to 17. We include mowing lawns, and we also include raking leaves, snow shoveling, and picking up trash. And it's 50 yards for the elderly, disabled, single parents, and veterans for free. Every 10 lawns, they get a new color shirt. When they sign up, they get a white shirt. So it's like the karate belt system. And once they mow 50 lawns, I personally deliver them a brand-new lawnmower, weed eater, and blower for complete this 50-yard challenge. And currently, I'm, I'm in Ohio right now delivering to some kids that I'm recently finished. I, I was in uh, Kentucky yesterday, so I'm visiting two more kids in Ohio, and I'll be driving back to Alabama. Then next week, I'll be visiting some kids in Oklahoma. So, staying busy. All right. Do we have most states? Are all states represented yet? Yeah. yeah. We have a lot of states I'm um, represented. I mean, all states are represented. We have at least one kid in each state. The, Texas has the most kids, I think almost 200 kids or so, probably more. That's taking part. Um, Utah has a good number. There are always kids in Utah signing up. That's always great to see. All right. So this show is syndicated from the state of Utah. We have a studio in Florida as well. Uh, okay. But we are interested in the Intermountain West, and we are interested in promoting a program like this because, in my mind, what you're blending here is service mm-hmm. and hard work. That builds characters of kids like nobody's business. Yeah. I mean, it, it does. And you see the growth in the kids, and a lot of kids, they want to, go through and mow the 50 lawns, and we're seeing a lot of kids are after the 50-yard 50 50 challenge to mow for free. They're going and starting the business, and they're still mowing for people that, that need it for free, but they know that they're also starting a business for themselves and mowing for those who want to pay them. So, you know, we're seeing a lot of great things come from this, and, you know, we're just happy that kids are taking part and, and giving back to the community and eventually coming entrepreneurs through the program. So, Rodney, I have eight children, sir. Four boys, four girls. Yes, sir. And I've got four of them that are already married, five of them that are out of the house, so I've got three left at home. One of them just okay. graduated from high school, so my kids are, for the most part, grown up. But yeah. the reason I'm telling you this story is I have four boys, and when my first boy turned 11, I said to him, I said, hey, man, I'll make you a deal. I'll buy you the lawn mowing equipment and everything. This was years and years ago. Yeah. I'll make you a deal. I'll buy all the equipment. I'll give you an interest-free loan. You can mow lawns. My lawn will be your first lawn, son. His name was Adam. I said, Adam, uh, my lawn will be your first lawn. You can mow lawns, and then I'll pay you to mow mine, and that way you can pay off the equipment by mowing my lawn. Then all we got to do is create a flyer and work on getting – and so he ignored me when he was 11. When he was 13, he came back to me, and he said, Dad, is is that deal still good? And I said, of course. So we literally did it. We bought a lawnmower. He literally mowed lawns uh, for several years. Then he sold the business to his brother. And part of the payment was working with his older brother to learn how, and part of the payment was cash. And then his second brother did it. Then the third brother did it. Now the fourth son is doing it. And every one of them has made more than $5,000. And they've used the money to go on a a mission for our church to spread the gospel of Christ uh, with the money and then to use it for choir tours and things like that that they were in for school and everything. So it's been a blessing for children to be able to earn more money than imaginable but combining that with service you're building uh, real contributors to society sir yes i really appreciate that and that's a beautiful story man i like that 
I really do. All right, how do we help the program grow? You need donations uh, to the 50-yard challenge, first of all, right? Yeah, so on our website, we have uh, Amazon wish list where people can buy lawnmowers, weeders, and blowers that sent to us, and every time a kid completes the 50-yard challenge, we take those items to them. Wow. Do uh, you just drive all around the country? Yeah, so I drive around the country. I've um, done 10 50-state mowing tours, so I've been to all 50 states 10 times so far, and I drive to 48 and I fly to Alaska and Hawaii, and uh, I mow for different causes. I customize lawnmowers for whatever cause. For example, my most recent 50-state tour was for childhood cancer, and I uh, spray-painted the lawnmower black, and then it had, like, gold ribbons on it for, for you know, for childhood cancer. That's the sign or the ribbon color. And then I went to all 50 states, and I uh, moved for families who had, as a kid that had childhood cancer, or a family that lost a kid to childhood cancer. They signed a lawnmower. I mowed the lawn with them, and um, I auctioned that lawnmower for five thousand dollars. So I've done that for different causes. Another one was a breast cancer. Done something similar. Had a lawnmower painted pink, and done it a few other for police officers. I done one for you know it was called, that one was called mowing with cops, where I invited police officers in all fifty states to come out and mow with me when I was in their city, and um, they would come out and mow. And it was just a way of building relationship between officers and the community. So I've been mowing for different causes as well. So I got the organization, and I got my fifty state tours, and. Yeah, so that's what I do. And all of it's based on donation? Yeah, everything's donated. Um, Recently, because my old car had a lot of miles in it, so Ford Motor Company in Michigan, um, they gave me a brand-new 2020 Ford Edge, um, so they surprised me with that. And other people just donate, which is a lot, pays for gas, pays for the T-shirts for the kids, and just make it work from, from donations. We don't take any grants or anything at the moment. We haven't. I don't have a grant right or anything, but hopefully we can do something like that in the future. But everything's just from private donations from people that support organizations. Yeah, but people are seeing uh, an incredible program. Mm-hmm. Uh, people like you anxiously engaged in a good cause. And people mm-hmm. are just saying, man, I'm I, in this troubled world that we live in, I'm dying to be part of it, huh? Yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of people being a part, want to be a part of it and stuff like that. But our main focus right now is just the kids and the 50-yard challenge and just trying to get kids involved. And eventually, you know, we try to start chapters of organizations. But right now, uh, you know, the kids, I think it's very important to get kids involved. All right. How do they combine the free lawns? Now, if you do um, uh, other yard work like leave raking and, and snow shoveling and that kind of stuff, does that count towards the shirts or no? Yeah. So well, that, as long as it's 50 free, free lawns, either mowing, raking leaves, snow shoveling, thing I'm trash, that counts towards the 50-yard show. Okay, so a lawn really is is a yard service project of of some yeah. kind, right? Yeah, exactly. And, so, and, and I bring that up because some of the seven year olds may not be able to mow as much lawns, but they certainly can rake leaves easier, right? Yeah, and then you know we also encourage the parents to help out the kids, you know, especially the younger kids. And what we're finding is, you know, a lot of parents are spending that quality bonding time with their kids and getting to really, you know, get that get spend that quality time, which is important. And a lot of parents and even grandparents that are doing the challenge with the kids grandfathers, grandmothers, they're taking the kids out and they're saying they're having a great time spending their time teaching them and just giving back. And that's that's what America is about, just giving back to those in need, helping out and teaching kids to give before you receive. And a lot of kids, they tell us that it's worth it putting that work in and helping out the community and earning that brand new lawnmower at the end. Is it better to buy the lawnmowers on Amazon and send them, or is it better to give you cash, or is it better to buy them somehow locally? What's the best? How does the program best work? Um, probably Amazon. You know, because it's sent directly to my house, and we store them, and then we have a big tent, big 
big container, we storm in, and then once the kid sees it, we just put it in the car and we go. All right, excellent. Um, yes, what do community leaders think about this? Because this is something in my mind that community leaders can do a lot to help promote. Yeah, I mean, community leaders all over it. You know, they like the idea, and some even go branch off and start their own something similar, and we encourage that, you know, because it's needed everywhere. It's, you know, it's kids everywhere that need something to do, especially during the summertime. So we encourage people just to encourage kids just to give back. And it doesn't, doesn't have to be blown. I mean, it could be something else. It could be fixing cars. It can be, you know, trimming hedges. It can be whatever you see fit in your community that, that there's a need. It could be painting, you know? Yes. So whatever your community needs, you know, find a way getting kids involved and give back. Rodney, do you have a family? Do you have a wife or kids? Uh, I'll be divorced if I... I had one because I'm on the road so much. All so. right. So you're single, but you're on the road. Do you, um, yeah. uh, you don't have any children? No, no, sir. I see. So you're kind of thinking the whole country are your kids, right? Yeah, almost, yeah. All right. What do you want America to know about this? If you could say one thing about it, what would it be? Um, just that, um, you know, it's important just to get kids involved, just to teach kids, teach kids right. You know, I mean, we have kids all over America. I mean, every all right, we're flat out of time, Rodney. Keep up your good work, sir. Godspeed. We appreciate you. Yes, sir. Thank you. There he is, ladies and gentlemen. We need more people like that in the country. I'll tell you that right now. Rodney Smith, Jr., founder, Raising Men Lawn Care Service. We're RaisingMen.com, the website. Check it out. 50-yard challenge. Donate today. I don't get a penny. I just think it's cool. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married and have some kids. The Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man, but by God. The Foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education, conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? Please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing Foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various Foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3, founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission, morallaw.org.
All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. I am Sam Bushman. This is the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live radio talk show celebrating our 25th year anniversary, baby. Telling the tale of liberty everywhere we go, 24-6. On the Sabbath, we rest. Rodney Smith Jr. was our guest. Great job, man. We need people like Rodney anxiously engaged in a good cause across the country. We need to make popular that which is good and unpopular that which is not good. While we're doing that, the government's involved in UFOs, ladies and gentlemen. They told us there was no UFOs forever, that we were into conspiracy theory and everything we said about UFOs, da-da-da-da-da, we're crazy, we're in the head, we're whacked out, we're do-do-do-do, kind of garbage. And Wow, now the government blatantly admits we were right and they were wrong. UFO report finally released by the Pentagon. You heard me, UFO report finally released by the Pentagon. Isn't that quite fascinating? U.S. intelligence cannot explain more than 140-plus UFO sightings. Report does not categorically rule out aliens. <laughs> okay. You look at this thing and you go, are you kidding me right now? The government literally mocked us for years saying we were conspiracy wackos for saying, man, there's some unidentified flying objects out there. There's something more going on. Now they say, whoa. Hey, here's a report on it. We knew it all along. We see UFOs also. There's 140-plus sightings we can't explain. We're not ruling out aliens, and now the government says it can be a national security concern. Uh, you think? <laughs> I look at this, and I go, are you kidding me right now? Your government lied to you for years, telling you there was no such things as UFOs. Anybody who believed in them were gnarly, whacked in the head. Anybody who says they've been abducted by aliens or anybody, oh, just crazy as a loon. And now the government says, yeah, they're real. We don't know what they are either. <laughs> yeah, the Pentagon says U.S. intelligence cannot explain more than 140 sightings. Wow, they say report does not even out or rule out aliens. Now they're saying there's even pro maybe aliens. We don't know. We don't really know. We can't explain any of this stuff. Well, I don't know all the answers to these uh, UFO sightings either. But to acknowledge they exist and then for the government to lie for decades and tell us they don't exist and then to admit so blatantly that they do and they don't know how to explain them either. The Pentagon, U.S. intelligence, you're talking about the highest, quote, educated people in the land. Now, here's the next question. If they lied about the existence of UFOs and made us all seem crazy for thinking there's something to them, and then admitting that we were right and they were wrong and they lied and covered it up and didn't admit it. Now the question is, they say, we don't know what these UFOs are or not. They might be a national security concern and they might be. Do you think they're lying again? Yeah, they lied in the first place telling you they didn't exist and that you were crazy for thinking they did. And now they admit they're real, but we don't know what they are. We can't explain when they might be a national security. Do you believe them now? Or do you believe they might be still uh, admitting to something they're being forced to admit to, finally admitting we're correct, but lying again about the origins, right? Because they say there's proof in the report that they're not deep state operations or, 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 or you know, dark side government operations for sure. Uh-huh. See, I don't believe this is just a personal opinion to which I'm entitled. I'll express it now. I do not believe that God will allow anybody to visit this world that does not belong to this world. So I don't believe in aliens from other worlds coming to our planet. I just personally don't. 
However, I do believe there might be societies on the earth that we don't know about that have advanced technology. And I do believe that we may have advanced technology in America that we don't want other nations and or our American citizens to know we have. And in those two realities, you might find what are called unidentified flying objects, unexplained phenomena in the skies, if you will. Right. And so I don't believe anybody can visit this world that doesn't belong to it in some way or another, past, present, or future meaning. I'm not saying that God can't create some kind of a time travel, meaning he can take human beings and put them on a planet, resurrected or not resurrected beings as he chooses. But I don't believe anybody can visit this world that does not belong to it. That's the order of God in my humble religious views. And as a result, then, if nobody can visit this world that doesn't belong to it, then they must be either immortal or mortal beings visiting this world. They might be a society in the world we don't know about. And I know somebody's going to say, Sam, come on, we know about every society in the world. How do you know you know that? You don't know that you know that at all. You just think you know that. Don't, don't go along with what you think and try to make it a fact. It's fiction. You think you know that, but you don't. There might be a society in this world that we don't know about. They might be intentionally not letting us know who and where they are. I don't know if that's a fact. I just know it's a possibility, right? And I also know it's a possibility that our government and or other governments around the world could have technology that they don't want anybody to know that they have for reasons obvious. And I agree it could become a national security to some degree. But I'm a whole lot more worried about my government and their perpetuation of violating the law, taking power into themselves. I'm more worried about our government and governments around the world that are known entities that I am about some supernatural, super alien uh, threat to my security. And yes, if another government has this kind of technology and we don't know, then it could be a national security problem for sure. That's why Donald Trump had talked about the space program. Uh, and that's why Rand Paul and Ron Paul and others have highlighted, you know what? The only value we have in government space programs is national security. And that's what we ought to take seriously. I agree with that. But the Biden administration officials mocked Trump about this. The media mocked Trump about this for so long. Why? I don't know. That's just what they do. But nevertheless, we find out that it's more real than they admitted. Now they claim they don't know much about it there. They can't explain it. And, but they know it isn't government. Just know that. See, how do they know things with definity? Without knowing the rest. How do you know that it's not a government? How do you know it's not a deep state government operation? Maybe if you, the research arm in the Pentagon who researched it, aren't aware. Remember in the military, they have a very compartmentalized system where if you're not in on the, on the project, you don't know about the project. So how do we know that the investigators who investigated this thing just aren't in on the project and so they don't know? But they're going to definitively run around and say it's not a government thing. We know that. Well, how do you know that? You don't know that. You're lying to me now. Stop. Okay, I just use logic here on the radio, folks. If the government programs are siloed, and if it's a deep state you know, program, a black op money program, or whatever you want to say, a dark side of government program, or even a secret government program for national security reasons, how would these researchers that are studying UFOs know? And how would they know when they don't know? See, you can say, well, I know what I know. Yeah, but that doesn't mean you don't know what you don't know, and it doesn't mean you know what you don't know, and it doesn't mean you don't know what you know, Right? I don't mean to play games with words, but I'm getting across a, an important fact. UFO report finally released from the Pentagon. 
U.S. intelligence cannot explain more than 140 UFO sightings. The report does not categorically rule out aliens, but what are they ruling out? They say, well, it's not government. We're not doing it. We know it. Well, you don't know if other governments are doing it, and you don't know if our own government's doing it. And don't pretend you do, because you're lying. All right. Anyway, enough of that, but it's fascinating to me how we want to definitively state things that, well, we don't really know what's going on. We're not really sure, but we can definitively tell you this and that. How can you be so definitive if you don't know? All right, Nike, or Nike as some prefer, the brand of shoes and, and apparel, right? Nike is a brand that is of China and for China. Nike chief executive research reassures China. Now, why would you say Nike is a brand that is of China and for China? And they're reassuring the Chinese because that's where the cash cow is coming from. That's why. That's where the manufacturing comes from. That's why. And you better not bite the hand that feeds you. I get it. Nike understands this. However, what kind of a statement is that for an American company? Well, are they an American company? Mm, very interesting indeed. Why would we be so tied to the communists? Why would we be so tied to overseas manufacturing? Uh, why would we uh, so be so eager to say that we're of China, for China? Let's reassure the Chinese. What about other nations? What about America? What about Americans? Anyway, I just find it super, super strange. The things that we that we hear or whatever you want to call it. I don't even know how to describe it. But I don't know why we would be so on that, so dedicated to China. I mean, some would say, well, we don't have a choice, Sam. I know. I don't know why we got into this mess to that degree in the first place, but we should certainly do our best to unwind it, right? Mike Pence booed and called a traitor at conference. Former Vice President Mike Pence was met with boos and shouts of traitor as he spoke at a conservative conference about Republicans reclaiming the majority um, in the United States. He said, I'm a Christian, a conservative, and a Republican in that order. Then the crowd cheered him on, I guess, supposedly at a... Uh, they call it the Faith and Freedom Coalition Conference. It was in Orlando. But during Pinch's speech... We heard all kinds of people saying traitor. Now, they say that people who tried to interrupt his speech were either removed or left the event. And here's my problem. I don't think booing Pence is fair. You could say, well, we disagree with him, Sam. I get it. I understand. But let's have some class, shall we? You don't need to just boo people on the stage. If you don't like it, peacefully get up and walk out. That's fine. But don't just boo him and publicly, with without class, show your displeasure. Let me give you an example. I uh, went to a Robert Kiyosaki, you know, rich dad, poor dad, dude, event where he spoke. And I really was high on the guy. I thought he was incredible. I've read his book. I thought it was really awesome. And I went to his speech, 
and I interviewed him. And in the interview, he was a complete jerk. And in his speech, he was dropping F-bombs left and right and prom- primarily promoting a godless message. And I didn't boo or show, you know, become classless over it or whatever. I just simply got up and walked out of his speech. Because you know what? I don't have to be, uh, I don't have to jettison civility. I don't have to be unkind or abusive to someone. It's almost, you know, lowering myself to that level or his level. And so what I did was just simply walk out of the speech and said, I don't need my ears and my mind and my heart assaulted by his language and by his lack of hope and faith in all things good. So Mike Pence was booed as traitor at conference. Well, our prayers are with Mike Pence. I believe he is a Christian. I believe he's a good person. I don't agree with everything he does politically speaking, but we can have civility. Let's show some class, ladies and gentlemen, shall we? Please, please, a clarion call for civility is key as we try to restore the republic. Let's turn to Almighty God and let's lead by example and kindness and love and patience with one another. Love and patience are two grand keys. Work on them, would you please? I am. All right, libertyroundtable.com, lovingliberty.net. Spread the word, tell the tale. Stand for the sacred cause of freedom and spread the word about live and on-demand free radio, would you please? I declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America.